spend time watching and learning from others. There's, there's nothing better than experience. Welcome to Honest Ecommerce, a podcast dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer, and I believe running a direct-to-consumer brand does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. On this podcast, we interview founders and experts who are putting in the work and creating real results. I also share my own insights from running our top Shopify consultancy, Electric Eye. We cut the fluff in favor of facts to help you grow your e-commerce business. Let's get on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Honest E-Commerce. I'm Chase coming to you from sunny Columbus, Ohio today and from across the country uh, welcoming Chip Overstreet. Chip is the CEO of Spiceology, a direct-to-consumer and direct-to-chef spice company that believes that the time is ripe for disruption in the spice category. Chip spent about 25 years in technology and e-commerce software before jumping ship to the merchant side around two years ago. Uh, His claim is that it's more fun putting powders in jars than it is selling ones and zeros. Welcome to the show, Chip. Thanks for having me, Chase. Appreciate it. Well, uh, 25 years in e-commerce and in the tech side of things, and kind of the grass is always greener, as they say. So mm-hmm. take me back to before you jumped ship, what were you feeling? What was going on? And kind of where where did it make sense to kind of dive in into your merchant journey? Well, I, I, uh, I moved my family from the Bay Area, which is kind of the, the tech center hub, uh, up to Spokane, Washington in 2011. It was a, you know, turn the volume down move, just a quality of life move. But there were not a lot of high tech jobs in Spokane. So I continued to commute back down to San Francisco every other week, uh, and, and do my, my, you know, e-com jobs here and there. Uh, and then, uh, about, uh, two and a half years ago, actually four or five years ago, um, I, uh, invested in this little company called Spiceology. They were raising their seed round of capital and, uh, I helped the founders. One of the founders is a chef and the other one is a food blogger. So they'd never raised financing before. So, uh, I helped them close the round of financing. They asked me to be on the board. So I, I joined their board and, and for the next couple of years, I spent a couple hours a week with the team, learning about the business, learning about the, the, the industry in general, just fell in love with it. And, uh, so, uh, two and a half years ago, I was on my way to another job and they said, you know what, why don't you come run this? Let, uh, you come in and do the boring stuff and let us do the fun stuff. (laughs) I was like, that sounds, sounds great. So, uh, yeah, so I just, uh, yeah, that would, that was the, that was how it all happened. I can see just by how passionately you're talking about, uh, you know, these guys had never done it. Uh, honestly, it, it, you could see the, like the wheels were turning in your brain and you, and you were just like falling in love with it as you were helping them get started. I think that honestly, to my, to me, the journey is always more fun than the destination. And that's where like all, a lot of cool stuff happens. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like these guys, they, they weren't noobs. They, they, they absolutely like they built this brand and they, they, I think elevated spiceology above the thousands of little spice companies that were out there. Um, and, and, uh, and so I, I, I was, was fortunate to, to come into a situation that had so much potential and already had accomplished so much. And it was just, it was just fun. And I'm, I'm two, two plus years in. I've, I've never had more fun in my life. 
So knowing the brand uh, and making that initial investment in the seed round, uh, I know that a lot of the listeners out there they're looking, they're still in that going from zero to one phase, and they're trying to find you know get traction and they're working on product market fit. Uh, what did the brand do before you came on board that kind of gave them that first initial kind of like push out into the open and really start to get the wheels turning within the business, going from more of an idea to an actual business? I think there are a couple of key decisions that the the, the founders made early on. Number one, uh, quality, um, grind fresh, ship fresh was was always the mentality. Um, uh, the, the 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 key attribute about spices is the moment you grind them, they start to lose their essential oils, and that's what creates the flavor. And if you look at what the mega corporations are doing, they're they're grinding as close to the source as they can back in Vietnam or China or Sri Lanka. Storing it there, it's much cheaper to do that. And, and in many instances, by the time that product gets to your table or into a commercial kitchen, it can be it can be several years. So that ethos was was really important to uh, to to uh, to the company. Um, innovation was key. Uh, one of the things that the founders did early on is they just went and asked consumers, like, "Tell me about your favorite blend. What do you really love?" And what's interesting is most consumers couldn't even name a blend. They just didn't know it. So, so we came out with the world's first Cajun seasoning with real dehydrated blue cheese. We call it black and blue. Like it is amazing on steak. I put it on my eggs in the morning. Uh, my kids put it on their mac and cheese. But it's just this unique combination of flavors. We, um, we put raspberry powder together with chipotle powder. Like who does that? We do that. Like you put that on, on, uh, on ribs and it's, it's amazing, but you can put it in a brownie mix. And your brownies will pop. So our tagline is experiment with flavor. Um, the innovation that, that our chefs, no, by the way, we're chef owned and operated. That is another key thing. We've got about eight chefs on staff. Um, and we don't rely on big data. We don't rely on food chemistry to, to come up with cool things. We rely on chefs with really good palates and, and, and an imagination to try new things. And so it's a, it's that combination of quality and innovation that has just piqued consumers imagination. Um, and then on the chef side, it's about the quality. You know, what, uh, one of our favorite things to do when we're, we're meeting with a chef, well, in, in the rare instances in the last 18 months where we've actually got to go in and meet a chef. But when we do, we've got this playbook where we'll take our, our, our domestic garlic. Here it is right here. And, uh, when, when we walk into the room, the, 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 the rep will just kind of open it up casually and, and take the top off and just kind of set the jar down. And then you have a conversation, start having a conversation. It's like 30, 60 seconds later, all of a sudden the chef's eyes pop and go, what, what is that? It's like, oh, that, that, that's garlic. Like here, smell this. You, you probably haven't smelled real garlic in, in, in forever. And like the, the, the reaction that you get when a chef realizes that for decades they've been buying just really average product and how good it can be, it's, it's fun. It's it's a fun experience. Yeah, you guys take your partnerships with chefs almost to another level. Uh, you do a lot of influencer campaigns with them. Uh, you guys also are very ardent supporters of the Chef's Manifesto. Um, you you know, being so tied to kind of that customer base, I believe, is has really helped you grow. Um, so I want to talk about the manifesto a little bit, and then let's circle back and talk about kind of like how the influencer program has helped sure, things grow. Sure. So uh, we got introduced to the Chef's Manifesto. Um, by Dennis Prescott, who is a, just a, an amazing individual, an amazing chef, um, and, and had not heard of it prior. But it's basically 
uh, part of the United Nations uh, SDG2 initiative, which is all about sustainability. And they, they crafted this chef's manifesto as a way to make this sustainability approachable to, to mere mortals, to consumers and chefs, so that they could really understand uh, what the issues are and, and, and how they can participate in that. And we, uh, with, with, with a, a core focus on chefs, um, as, as soon as, as we learned about it, we started diving in and realized this is, this is a really cool initiative and it, it's, it has a, an opportunity to have a meaningful impact on, on, uh, on local and, and, and world communities. Um, and so we just, uh, embraced it and, uh, have, have been, uh, ardent supporters. There's, there's, there's much more to come. Um, but it's, uh, it's, 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 it's just a great framework for being able to, to talk about and think about and act upon, uh, sustainability. Oh yeah. You've got to, you've got to put your foot down and, and stand up for something, especially these days with just how, uh, how much just direct consumer has impacted the world in general with just the extra stuff that gets produced either, you know, through package materials or through carbon that's emitted through the process. Um, so, you know, giving pack is something that a lot of consumers are looking for. Uh, and, it, and it's fantastic that you guys do that. Um, now, with with the, the the quality of your products, you guys are partnering with uh, influencers all over the place, uh, very famous chefs. Um, how does that whole uh, kind of partnership aspect, the influencer aspect, kind of play into your marketing strategy for the company? It's it's pretty central to it. I mean, we um, you know early on we started partnering with uh, barbecue influencers, uh, Derek Wolf over the fire cooking, and uh, Matt Crawford uh, Sasquatch Barbecue. And what we did is we, we would lock arms and we would really try to understand how they think about food and how they think about cooking and what, what influences them. And our chefs would, would collaborate with them and we'd come up with blends that, uh, that really spoke to them and, and, and how they wanted to, 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 to cook. And then we brought those to market. Uh, and then we expanded those relationships with, um, chefs. Um, and then, uh, of late, we just, uh, we just launched actually this week with mod pizza, uh, just, just press release just went out a couple of days ago, but they, are they're leveraging one of our salt free, uh, blends called El Taco and they've launched a, a, um, a, uh, an LTO called Iggy. It's a street taco pizza. Um, in two weeks, we're launching, uh, I'll give you a little heads up, uh, with new Belgium. So new, new Belgium is the, the maker of fat tire and, and, and voodoo ranger and just a very cool company. They, they're, I think the third largest craft brewer in America. They're, they're privately held. They're not owned by one of the mega corporations. Uh, they're a B corporation, uh, crazy good marketing, great marketing. And, um, we're launching a line of six beer infused blends in collaboration with them. And they're, they're, they're a lot of fun. So barbecue influencers, chefs. Brands, restaurant chains, uh, just just really having a lot of fun, just partnering with uh, with a variety of, of of partners, and in every instance, it's about kind of really learning from them what it is that they want to do and what's important to them, and then using our chefs who are are brilliant at uh, at ideation and, and and coming up with with formulations that really work, and bringing them to market. 
Well, and there's also this the ancillary benefit of all these partnerships is you guys are are not lacking when it comes to the content side. All of these partnerships just produce so much amazing content uh, from the relationship with the either the uh, the chef or you know the the partnered business, but also I'm assuming that there's a, a ton of amazing user generated content that comes back after the fact of people out in the wild playing with these flavors. Yeah, absolutely. It's a it's a it's a fun market to be in because. You know, people love food. They love delicious food. Our tagline is experiment with flavor. And we really encourage uh, consumers and chefs to just like try new things and, and share it and share when, when, when you, uh, you know, take a photo, uh, document the, the recipe. Uh, we've got uh, just shy of 250,000 followers on Instagram. Uh, the kids would call us legit. Um, and it, it's just fun. It's just fun to be part of, of something that's so vibrant and, and um, you know, colorful. I mean, I honestly, I believe that uh, when if you're getting into the direct consumer business and you're kind of in the food space, you have a leg up on everyone else because a lot of these other brands out there, uh, it's you know, it's probably hard to come up with ideas uh, to create content yeah. around a pair of shoes every day, but in food, food, it's just so easy to be like, all right, we'll just do another, we'll just do another recipe. We'll do another thing based upon that recipe. It's, I just feel like building the content engine for anything direct and consumer related to food is just such an easy playbook. Well, yeah. And you said it, you said it just now. It's, it, it's, it's not us coming up with the content. It's, it's, it's our, our, you know, our, our consumers and chefs that are out there opening up the, you know, a uh, uh, smoky honey habanero for the first time and, and coming up with something amazing and, and, uh, and capturing that and, and sharing it. If you're struggling with scaling your sales, maybe Electric Eye can help. Our team has helped our clients generate millions of dollars in additional revenue through our unique brand scaling framework. You can learn more about our agency at electriceye.io. That's E-L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Y-E.io. Mesa is the easiest way to integrate any top e-commerce app or service with your online store. Designed exclusively for Shopify and Shopify Plus, Mesa's automated workflows can get back your time spent on repetitive tasks while growing your business at the same time. Join other merchants that have embraced the simplicity of Mesa's no-code approach to building workflows. You can create new ways to improve customer engagement, encourage repeat purchases without lifting a finger, reduce manual data entry, and more through a simple point-and-click interface. And with Black Friday Cyber Monday planning around the corner, now is the time to ask the question, is my online store prepared? Optimizing every step in the shopping experience is the only way to create a lifelong customer Get Mesa and capitalize on one of the biggest e-commerce events of the year. Search Mesa in the Shopify app store and download the app today. Our partner Rewind can protect your Shopify store with automated backups of your most important data. Rewind should be the first app you install to protect your store against human error, misbehaving apps, or collaborators gone bad. It's like having your very own magic undo button. Trusted by over 80,000 businesses, from side hustles to the biggest online retailers like Gymshark, Gatorade, and Movement Watches. Best of all, merchants like you can get one month of automated Shopify backups for free by visiting rewind.io slash honest. That's R-E-W-I-N-D dot I-O slash H-O-N-E-S-T. Hey everybody, do you want to win back valuable lost time for your support team? Gorgeous has machine learning functionality that takes the pressure off small support teams and gives them the tools to manage a large number of inquiries at scale, especially during the holiday season. 
Gorgeous combines all your different communication channels like email, SMS, social media, live chat, and even phone into one platform and gives you an organized view of all of your customer inquiries. Their powerful functionality can save your support team hours per day and makes managing customer orders a breeze. They've allowed online merchants to close tickets faster than ever with the help of pre-written responses integrated with customer data to increase the overall efficiency of customer support. Their built-in automations also free up time for support agents to give better answers to complex product-related questions, providing next-level support, which helps increase sales, brand loyalty, and recognition. Eric Brandholtz, the founder of Beard Brand, says, We're a seven-figure business, and we have essentially one person on customer support and experience. It's impossible to do it without tools like Gorgeous to help us innovate. Learn how to level up your customer support by speaking to their team here. Visit gorgeous.grsm.io slash honest. That's G-O-R-G-I-A-S dot G-R-S-M dot I-O slash H-O-N-E-S-T. Businesses are the most successful when they own their own data, customer relationships, and their growth. That's why more than 50,000 e-commerce brands, big and small, trust Klaviyo to deliver their ideal customer experience. Klaviyo is the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for online brands of all kinds and all sizes. With email automation, SMS marketing, list growth tools, and more, you'll get everything you need to build strong relationships that keep your customers coming back. If you're tired of relying too heavily on paid advertising or third-party marketplaces for your sales success, you're not alone. It's time to take back control of the customer experience. More and more online businesses are moving to Klaviyo to grow higher value customer relationships through personalized email and SMS marketing. And the results are staggering. Ready to drive future sales and higher customer lifetime value with a marketing platform built for your long-term growth? You should get a free trial of Clavio over at clavio.com slash honest. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash H-O-N-E-S-T. Now, um, obviously, a lot of the listeners here, um, but potentially, probably not, you know, getting into into the food industry, especially D 2 C food, which I think is a very, very uh, interesting mm-hmm. industry. Um, but you know, what would you know what? advice would you have to someone out there uh you know they, they've got an idea in their head but they haven't really kind of got to the next step what would you tell them to kind of do wow I, I think most important you have to be passionate about it you can't you can't just like come up with an idea and go execute it on it if, if you really don't believe in it and so um don't settle don't don't just think you've got to come up with an idea and and then uh and then go pursue it that passion has to be there and uh, that was one of the things that attracted me to the company is the the founding team, uh, the founders and the, the team that they built. People just loved it. It was just it was just a, a, a culture of fun. And everybody knew that that they were were part of something that could be big. And, and you know, they were just taking step after step uh, marching towards that. Um, I would also say um, spend time watching and learning from others. There's there's nothing better than experience. Um, and I would also say, you know, having come from the, the, the vendor side, uh, get to know the vendor community. You know, w- one of the things that was so frustrating on the, on the vendor side is you reach out to a brand and you want to educate them on what you could do for them. And, and, and too many people, too many people on the brand side kind of give you the Heisman. It's like, you know, 
this is vendors are evil. Vendors are not evil. Vendors are a great source of knowledge. You know, if you're interested in personalization, you can go read article after article, but pick four vendors, call them up and say, pitch me. Tell me what you do. Tell me why you're better than the competition. What's what are the three most important things that I should be thinking about? Every one of these vendors is thinking about it day and night. And so you can get educated. You can learn a ton by embracing them instead of, uh, you know, keeping them at bay. Yeah. And for those that are less into the industry jargon, like me and Chip, a vendor would be like an app provider or an agency or, or something like that. And it's e-commerce vendor, uh, email vendor, personalization, UGC, ratings and reviews. Yeah. There's just, there's so many different facets. And, and, and one of the things that, that we always, we always knew on the, on the vendor side is that every incremental solution that you, that, that a brand would, would bring on would add just a little bit higher conversion rate, a little bit more to your AOV. Um, but it's, it's about strategically picking and choosing between those. And it's hard to be an expert and, and you can't be an expert. But if you, if you leverage the community and, and go in with open eyes and open arms and just say, educate me, help me understand this and ask them questions, they will, that, that they love that. And, and you will, you will improve your business. Any vendor out there, if they can't quantify the value and the impact that they're going to bring to your business, you know they need to work on their pitch because most of them have it down to a science, and they can they can point you to case studies, point you to similar things, mm-hmm. and be like, "This is what you're probably looking for." And you know, even uh, for most of them out there, they're pretty honest, and they're like, "Hey, we're probably not mm-hmm. the best fit, but you should probably go talk to this person. This is probably what's going to do you better. This in in your your stage of a business or the the." problem you're looking to solve is a better fit for this thing. Yeah. Um, the better vendors out there are just very straightforward. Yeah. The, the other thing I would, would recommend you do is with every vendor you talk to, make them frame their solution from the perspective of a consumer. Today, a consumer comes to my site and they have this experience. We implement your solution. What's different? What does that consumer see or do differently? Because it, 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 as soon as you start thinking in those terms, it becomes more real. Too many of these vendors show up and they tell you about their product and their features and their you know, their dashboard and like just talk to me from a consumer's perspective and that that can very much frame the um, the opportunity for you and really understand how how you should be prioritizing different types of solutions over other ones is should personalization come before ratings and reviews before a loyalty program before you know post purchase you know. Uh, all of those decisions are, are, are much easier made when you really understand the impact it has on the on the consumers that are visiting your site, interacting with your brand. I, I think like every week there's a new player in this space and sometimes there is a little bit of kind of like signal versus noise. You gotta realize, you know, put your blinders on and focus on KPIs and then from the KPIs that you're focusing on, mm-hmm. figure out if there needs to be technology improvements or you know experience improvements on your website and kind of go from that direction i think some businesses get caught up in the flavor of the week of like the hypest uh technology or or the newest player in the space that's got just raised some seed round so they must be good um that's not in a basis of any sort of strategy so i would i would definitely say like identify the kpis that matter to your business and then make your decisions based upon yeah making efforts to improve those KPIs. That's that's having a strategy behind is the way to approach it. And I would say, even ask the vendors, what, what KPIs should I care about? Help me understand your perspective on the KPIs that I should care about in 
you know, across these different types of technologies. Absolutely. Now, uh, we are recording this at the, I want to say the tail end of the, the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, June 15th <laughs> is the date for anyone that gives a crap when we record these things. Yes. Um, and this is going to come out in like a month, I would say. But um, mm-hmm. I know that COVID had a huge impact on Spiceology. Uh, what could you share there? And then uh, kind of doubling down on that question, what do you think uh, COVID's impact on e-commerce in general is and what's going to change kind of in the in the direct consumer or I, I've seen a lot of stuff happening like with store experiences as, as well. Uh, yeah, COVID definitely impacted us. When we entered 2020, we were gearing up to really focus deeply on chefs and restaurants. We had a, a ton of momentum, uh, just some, some great partnerships that we had lined up. And obviously when COVID hit, the last thing you want to do is pick up a phone and call a chef and and, and tell them you've got a, a better product for them because <laughs> that would be about as tone deaf as you could you could be. So we, um, you know, March 16th, um, we laid off 25% of our workforce. Uh, we had five people that started that day. <laughs> Four of them, we had to let go by the end of, uh, by, by noon. It was, it was a pretty devastating time. We, uh, uh, we, we had to make a really hard pivot directly to consumer. Um, when, when I hired our VP of marketing in early January, I told her, I said, Jeannie, you don't get one dollar to spend on consumers. Everything's going to chefs. Chefs are the new rock star. They're the, you know, they're the pro athlete and consumers grow up watching chefs. They watch them on TV. They watch them on the food network on Netflix. And uh, the, the consumers will come along, um, because the chefs, you know, they, they want to, they want to emulate chefs. March 16th, I said, Jeannie, you don't get one dollar to spend on chefs. It's all going to consumer. So, uh, it was, it was a pretty big about face. Um, we, uh, we decided we were going to lean in really hard on marketing rather than backing away and just kind of playing it safe. We hired our first PR agency mid-April. Um, we hired our, our first um, content guy, uh, Matt Broussard, a, a chef named Matt, who subsequently has blown up to 5.5 million followers on TikTok. Um, we, uh, we put up a recipe section. We got UGC in is one of the first things. Now, chefs are utilitarian. They don't want ratings and reviews. They don't want user generated content. They just want, give me the best product, make it really easy for me to buy. Uh, consumers are very different. They, they want an experience. They want to, they want to learn. They want to understand. They want recipes. So, so we, uh, we, 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 we made a number of, of pretty dramatic changes very quickly. Uh, we did a lot of product launches. We doubled down on influencers. Um, and, uh, we launched our salt free seasoning to really try to appeal to the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the more healthy conscious consumers. And it, it worked. And our consumer business grew three, four X last year. And, uh, food service did not crater the way that we had thought it would. It, it, uh, it was down about 15%. Um, and now it's it's back stronger than it was in, in January, February of last year. So we've now got the benefit of really two strong pillars to the business, the consumer business and the food service side. Um, so, yeah, it, uh, it, uh, it 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 knocked us on our butts, but we uh, we, we figured a way to 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 get up and, and keep plowing ahead. Yeah, I, I think a lot of businesses uh, took a breath when it was happening and then they said, well, uh, it's either now or never. Let's dive in on this thing. Uh, and the ones that it made the investment uh, during that time, that was a that was a wild ride to be involved in. I saw a lot of crazy growth for the brands that we were working with that were investing during that time. They're like, 
you know, we're not we're not going to hold back. We're going to dive all in on direct consumer. Um, and they've maintained that momentum and, and grown their customer bases. So it was it was a really, you know, it was an okay result from a bad situation. I guess is the the only way to spin it. Um, you know, the one thing that I have seen though, you mentioned that uh, food service is in a better place than it was before. Is I think that just the velocity and the volume at which restaurants are producing food with uh, just the acceptance of delivery through all of the different vendors in that kind of regard that kind of skyrocketed during everything. I think people are just moving that much more food these days. Mm-hmm. Well, there's so much pent up demand. I mean, how how many times have you coveted going to a restaurant over the last 18 months and just been like, God, I, I just want to go eat. And depending on where you are in the country, that, that, was, a, that was a difficult proposition. So uh, here in Spokane, you know, there are lines out the door everywhere. You can't get a table. Um, so I, I think that, um, you know, I think that will cool off a little bit. Uh, but I, I, I think that people, uh, the, the, the lack of the, the inability to go out and eat has created this kind of, a, I think, a, a lasting desire to like really, really appreciate that. Um, I think the, the, um, the, the ghost kitchens were probably a little bit overbuilt. Um, I think that you're probably going to see a little bit of pullback on that. Uh, certainly millennials and Gen, Gen Z uh, love to love to get food delivered to them. But I think that uh, just the, the experience of going out to a restaurant and, and sitting down and dining, it, you can't, you can't replicate that with a, uh, you know, uh, an Uber Eats or a, or a Grubhub experience. I, I agree that there is, I think that there's always uh you know, every action, there's an equal and opposite re- reaction. There, there's a pendulum to almost all things in life. And I think that with you take away experience and in person and dining in and just all of that, all of the stuff that we couldn't do, it's going to just surge for the the next year. And you're already seeing it uh, with some of the consumer spending these days, uh, you know, diving in a lot on like outdoor related products and stuff as, as the season starts to get warmer and people start to, to do things again. Yeah. The, I mean, the, 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 uh, the consumer demand for just about everything is, is just gone through the roof. It's, it's really bizarre. It has to cool down at some point, but uh, there's not endless buying capacity, but <laughs> no, there isn't. Uh, but that's the one thing that I do. I do think is here to stay is just the, um, like the imp, the, Impact. That's the wrong term. What am I looking for? Just the percentage of overall uh, e-commerce spending versus traditional spending. I think that the in- influx uh, and all those new buyers, the people that weren't traditionally shopping, I don't think they're going to stop once they realized how easy buying online was, and and, and it wasn't as scary as the as whatever they had worked up in their head. I, th- I think they're here to stay, and I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be fun to kind of e-commerce is still growing now, even though we jumped ten percent during the pandemic. Yeah. No, I completely agree with that. I think that that uh, the impetus was there. You you had to buy online, uh, you, you know, and, and people that 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 did have those concerns, they had to get over it, and and so you did see that resurgence. We've we've not seen uh, the the growth on the the direct to consumer is not as as ridiculous as it was last year, but the, the growth is still strong um, on the D 2 C channel. Uh, but we're we've uh, you know, beginning of this year we started expanding into retail and grocery and really um, starting down that path of getting our product closer to consumers. We uh, we had a uh, 
a, a reasonable presence in specialty retail, which are the kind of the mom and pop shops, you know, butchers and seafood shops and gift shops, uh, little, you know, uh, trinkets here and there. Uh, that, that blew up over, uh, uh, over, uh, or during COVID, I should say. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the, uh, the, the success that we're, we're seeing already in, in retail and grocery has been, they've been pretty astounding. Um, we've, we've got a brand that is, that is becoming more and more recognized and it's appreciated for quality and innovation. And, uh, and that's recognized by the buyers. That's amazing. Now, uh, before I let you go, I got two final questions for you and they're pretty easy to answer back to back. Uh, first, is there anything that I forgot to ask you that you want to share with our listeners today? And then second, uh, if I am now uh, curious to try all these awesome flavors, where do I go to check out the products? Well, you didn't ask me about what sorts of crazy partnerships we have coming up, and I wouldn't tell you anyway. I, I did, uh, I did float the news about New Belgium, but that will be uh, that will be live. But we have some really <laughs> cool stuff coming up. It, uh, I'm so excited. The team is so excited about the the continuing success we're having with partnerships out there. Um, so keep your eye open for us. Uh, and you will start to see us. Um, you uh, you will find us in specialty retailers primarily. Direct to consumer is is still the primary channel. We're available on Amazon and Amazon Canada. Um, but uh, you go to your local butcher if they're not carrying us. Ask them why. Uh, go to your local seafood shop if they're not carrying us. Ask them why. But uh, uh, yeah, that that's the primary primary model. Uh, but you you will start to see us in some some retailers that we'll be announcing and, and rolling out very soon. That's amazing. I'll keep my eyes peeled. I've got a strong hunch of, of where that might be. <laughs> Good to hear. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on, Chip. Chase, thanks so much. I appreciate it. All right. I can't thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing their knowledge and journey with us. We've got a lot to think about and potentially add into our own business. You can find all the links in the show notes. Make sure you head over to honestecommerce.co to check out all of the other amazing content that we have. Make sure you subscribe, leave a review. And obviously, if you're thinking about growing your business, check out our agency at electriceye.io. Until next time.